spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Today I want to share a story with you, actually a couple of stories. The first story is a little bit about my story. We've had so many new people join the IWMA and following us on our podcasts and on our Facebook page that I just wanted to share with you for a minute how we got started with the IWMA and what our goals and our purposes are. But I think I need to go back first and introduce myself a little bit to you. Um, My name is Melinda Russell and I am the founder and CEO of the International Women's Motorsports Association, which is also um, Racing Girls Rock is our podcast name for that. Racing started for me many years ago and I'm never afraid to tell my age I'm 63 years old soon to be 64 at the end of the year and back probably I'm gonna say um, 40 years ago or so my son for some reason got interested in racing now he was the only boy of three of uh, three he had three sisters And his dad worked with a couple of guys that raced at Quincy, Illinois. And so on Sunday night, we would go to Quincy and watch some of these guys race. Now, at the time, I really wasn't into racing. I didn't watch racing on TV. I didn't really care anything about racing one way or the other. But we did enjoy going to Quincy and watching a couple of people that we knew and then of course you always can find new favorites when you go to a racetrack so we did that for several years from the time my son was probably about two years old which would have been um, 1980 up until the time that he got involved in summer sports now summer sports took time away from us going to the racetrack. So we kind of fell away from racing for a long time. But the funny thing is that my son, as he grew up and played golf and baseball and basketball, he always had that love for racing somewhere buried deep inside. So when he graduated from high school in 1996, He took his graduation money, unbeknownst to me, and he and his dad bought a race car. And it wasn't a fancy race car. It was, you know, uh, I'm guessing at today's labelings of different kinds of classes, I'd say it would have been a street stock. So they bought this car and they brought it home. And when I found out that he had... um, spent his graduation money on a race car I have to admit I flipped out I was very upset and my son used to tell this story and he would say I didn't talk to him or his dad for a couple of weeks but that's really not 
true and it's probably not even reasonable but the fact is I was very upset that they took that money and spent it on a race car so nonetheless we were owners of a race car that summer and I think another summer or two maybe after that he raced in Macomb Illinois at a little dirt track and the first night he raced he didn't even know enough that when he got hit because the the old guys at the track were going to show this young kid what racing was all about and he got ran into the wall and didn't know enough to let go of the steering wheel and broke his hand so he had it casted and you know you're not supposed to be racing or driving or doing whatever well two weeks later his buddy cut the cast off with a some kind of a saw at the shop and I don't even want to know what kind of saw that was but needless to say they cut the, the cast off and he was back racing he had racing in his blood a hundred percent of the time he thought about it he dreamed about it no matter where he was that was always near the top of his mind he wanted to be a race car driver so let's fast forward now and he did have a race car again in Michigan after we moved here and we all got the bug so I'm older he's older um, everybody in the family now all of a sudden we have the race bug and we followed him and helped him when he raced at Kalamazoo Speedway Springport which is now mid-Michigan Speedway and of course Galesburg and he raced at some other tracks as well but he had three wins one summer one at Galesburg one at Kalamazoo and one at Springport that was probably one of the highlights of his life honestly other than his children so that's how I ended up really involved in racing Ben had a race car we went to all the races my daughter and her family got interested and we all got the bug so let's fast forward a little more now to 2017 and regardless of the circumstances here I had to have back surgery and it didn't go very well and I was looking to see how was I going to work and grow the business that I was building which was send out cards send out cards is uh, greeting cards gifts and um, so many other things so much more but I was used to traveling and driving and going to people's offices to sit down and share how that business could use send out cards I went to lots of events all across the country and I just wasn't able to now that I'd had back surgery so when I met with a friend of mine for coffee one day he just wanted to know how was I doing and what was I up to and I was sharing with him that I was frustrated because I really couldn't do the things that I used to do and I didn't know how I was going to keep growing my business and we had a conversation and he challenged me to think about what would be my niche in the marketplace who did I know that could use send out cards that would benefit their businesses or their their family personally or professionally and how could I share send out cards with them you know through the internet and he challenged me to find a niche market 
So he, he told me he thought racing was my niche market. I agreed with him, except I had tried that here in the Kalamazoo area. Ben's car had send out cards all over it. And we had sponsored races and people knew what send out cards was about. At least they knew the name, even if they didn't really know what we did. But it really hadn't grown my business. So I was a little bit leery about venturing into the motorsports arena to grow my send out cards business. And then one night when I was not able to sleep and I was thinking about our conversation, what came up in my mind was I need to find people in racing that are like me. So maybe I would focus on women that are involved in motorsports. I could connect with them. I am a woman that loves motorsports and maybe I would focus on trying to reach out to those women. So the first thing I thought I might try to do would be to print a, a magazine or a digital magazine all about women in motorsports because I had a publishing background and I have a graphic design background. So that got me excited. On Sunday of that week, I made a Facebook post. It was August 17th. I made a Facebook post that basically said, I'm starting a project that involves women in motorsports. If you are interested or you know someone that would be, tag them here. And before the end of the night, I had over 100 responses, names of women. I frantically wrote those names down and developed a an info sheet where I could keep track of these women. And by the next night, I had 200 names. And so it went from there. Every day, it grew and grew and grew. So we have over 6,000 followers. I have more names than that in my Excel sheet. The names of the women that are involved in motorsports grows daily. And I'm amazed and excited about what I see happening with women in motorsports. I see more and more Facebook pages or um, websites with women in motorsports, and that gets me excited. So I did begin the digital magazine. The first issue was in November of 2017, and they're timeless, really, other than you know, the, the young gals that I interview, they're growing up. They're not 13 anymore. But their stories are fairly timeless about how they got started. And then I had a couple of guys that are friends of mine that run the Midwest Compact Touring Series. And they were doing a podcast-type radio show, and they asked me to start interviewing um, a woman on their show, like a front-wheel drive driver on their podcast show. So I started doing that and it wasn't too many weeks that I was doing that for their show that they encouraged me to do my own podcast slash radio show. I wasn't sure that that was something I was up to doing. Now I did own a newspaper many years ago and I knew what it was like to interview people. The best thing that I did in the newspaper that I had. It was called the Good Newspaper, the Eagle News, and it was called, the tagline was the Good Newspaper. 
And the best thing that I did and the thing I did love the most was getting the human interest stories. So I thought, okay, well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I might as well give it a try. And so Racing Girls Rock podcast was born. Since that time, I've interviewed over 100, I haven't kept count, women who are aged from six years old up into their 80s. Um, they're all the same in the fact that they all love motorsports. But that's probably where it ends. Everyone has their own story. Everyone has a place that they're coming from as to why they love motorsports, how they got involved, who got them interested. Even the location where they live. It's all over the world. Australia, England, France, United Kingdom. Oh my gosh. Obviously Canada. They've come from all around the world to join together with the International Women's Motorsports Association. So one thing that I love to do is I love to tell stories. And that's kind of where we are right now. We continue to do the magazine. I should say I continue to do the magazine. I'm continuing the podcast. And I love sharing the stories. So... I have a lady that helps me with some of the writing. Her name is Linda Spangler. And she lives in California. And I've never met her in person. But she and I have connected on social media. Just like I have connected with the thousands of other women. Some of them now I've met in person. But most of them I only know through social media. You can you can bash social media. And many times it does cause more problems than good. But if you use it in the right way, if you reach out to people with, you know, goodness in your heart and kindness and you want to share their story, um, the limit of women that you can talk to and meet is, is unlimited. So I did a story in the magazine that just came out, the September issue on Deanna Jackson. And for whatever reason, I had my wires crossed and I had also given Deanna's name to Linda. And so we ended up with two stories, which was actually perfect because I want to take some time today and I want to share a story with you about one of our race car drivers. Sometimes this podcast will have live interviews with people and sometimes now moving forward, I'm going to share a story of someone that we've either featured in the magazine or that we've met and, and want to share their story. So I'm going to share the story with you of Deanna Jackson. Linda Spangler actually wrote this up, so I want to make sure I give her credit. So um, here's the story of Deanna Jackson. In 2007, at the age of 15, Deanna started out racing in the demolition derbies and ran a few figure eight races with her father. Like most women in racing, she had grown up around the tracks, cheering for her father, and when she turned 15, she knew it was her time. In 2012, life sidelined her racing when she was seriously injured in a motorcycle accident, leaving her with severe injuries and, complete, and a completely shattered foot. Deanna was riding on the back of a motorcycle heading southbound when a van going north turned right in front of them. The motorcycle ended up T-boning the van. 
The crash left her with permanent injuries that she will have to endure throughout her life. The doctors gave her the grim diagnosis and told her they would possibly have to amputate her foot. Fortunately, with the help of a bone trauma doctor, they were able to save it. Her struggle was having to learn to walk all over again. Going through five surgeries in two months, having physical therapy three times a week for five months, and the help from her family, she was able to regain her strength and her ability to walk. Although Deanna learned to walk again, she will have to deal with severe nerve damage. After she had somewhat recovered from the accident, she wanted to drive in the demolition derby again. But her dad and the doctors quickly shot down that idea. Her father, Brad, a 30-year racing veteran and multiple track champion, was in the process of building his backup car when Deanna joined him in the shop. At the end of the 2014 season, that backup car became Deanna's number 17D mini stock car. The number 17 was her old soccer number, and the D is her first initial. Deanna ended up racing alongside her father. A demolition race is when you drive cars into each other until only one car is left running and that person is the winner. Racing a mini stock car is much different. It was a learning curve for her from driving to hit as many cars as possible to racing and trying not to make contact with any cars. But her stamina and strength grew as she just set her sights on trying to beat her dad and become a better racer. Throughout her career, racing Deanna's desire and ability to race grew. She knew she was close when she, she lost to her dad by only four points. I was so used to my dad running circles around me and I was so close in beating him, she said. What a day. At the end of the 2016 race season, Deanna knew she was now close competition for her dad when she was losing a championship title to him by only four points. In 2017, her racing career was again sidelined as her and her husband Mike, who races in the crate late model class and now builds race cars, welcomed the newest member of their family when she gave birth to a beautiful baby girl named Peyton. Mike has three boys from a previous marriage, Marcus, 19, Adam, 17, and Justin, 14. All three boys raced previously in the Bandit class in either a Honda Prelude or Dodge Neon. Deanna took an entire season off to care for her newborn and came back only a few times in the 2018 race season. She tried driving in the class that her husband raced in at the time, but didn't feel ready after a collision that left her car totaled. So she decided to go back into the four-cylinder mini-stock car class. In 2019, it was her first season back at the track racing since becoming a mom. When I asked Betsy Shepard, Deanna's stepmom, about her racing, she replied, She's aggressive, but not to the point that she would injure anyone. She's conscientious, but she does her best and very respectful of other drivers. Her stepmom helps everyone into the fire suits, puts batteries in their race receivers, videotapes the race and racing, and is their biggest fan. Betsy also takes care of Peyton when Deanna is racing. Deanna finished out the 2019 season taking home a feature win and found herself third in points at the conclusion of the season. If you'd like to watch Deanna, you could find her racing at Genesee Speedway in New York. She'll be the one surrounded by her amazing family and competitors that she says have become her close friends. Deanna wanted to give a huge thank you to her sponsors for this season 
who are Fox Prower Collectibles, check out their Facebook page. Such a cool company. Pam's Dollhouse or Motorsports, Weiss Trucking, Bob Shepard Heating and Plumbing, Cranker's Pro Shop, and CNC Archery, and DC Enterprise. What an amazing story. Is it different than your story, or does it sound like you? Your dad got you interested in racing. Mom helps out with everything in the pits, helps watch your kids. Or do you have a different story? Um, I've, had, I've talked to women that didn't have anybody who influenced them to racing. They went to a race. They thought it looked fun. They gave it a try, and they're hooked. So many stories out there that have yet to be told. I feel like the IWMA, Racing Girls Rock podcast, one of the reasons that I believe God gave me the idea for this association is that I need to tell your stories. I need to share your love for motorsports. I need for you to share encouragement to other drivers. We need to band together and connect and celebrate women in motorsports who've either raced in the past, maybe they owned a track. It's not just about the drivers. I celebrate all women in motorsports. Maybe you're a huge fan. Maybe you volunteered at a track. Maybe you own a track or your son races or your daughter races. The stories are not just about the drivers. It takes a village, as they say. And it's, it's the same with keeping motorsports alive and well. It takes all of us. It takes the fans in the stands, obviously. It takes the drivers. It takes the marketing partners, for sure. It takes the track owners, their volunteers. It takes your crew helping you on a Saturday night when you're racing. And then when you get to the even bigger areas of racing, like nascar or arca or any of those other big ones you know it takes many 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 more people travel food hauler drivers the list goes on and on so i just wanted to share deanna's story today um like i said some weeks i'm going to be sharing a story like that some weeks it will be an interview that i've done i'm going to upload some of our best interviews as well in the coming weeks so that you can go back and listen to some of our other podcasts that we did we we've had some amazing women on the show and i want to be able to share their stories with you now that we are on podbean itunes spotify and google so you can find the podcast at any of those locations we air new episodes on wednesdays and we are just so privileged to be able to tell these stories. I love the women that I've met in person. We've become such close friends because we talk all the time uh, through social media. And even though we didn't know each other face to face, you do feel like you know each other. So the relationships that I've made probably are the number one thing that keeps me going and keeps me energized. We have some great partners coming on board with us because they love what we're doing. They they understand that the connecting and celebrating of women in motorsports is important and that women are the fastest growing demographic in motorsports. So 
if you are racing at a small track and there's only a few women at your track, don't be discouraged because women are, are coming on board. They're joining race teams in a variety of areas and the women that are involved in motorsports are so passionate about what they're doing. And I, I love being able to share that. So listen to our podcast, share it if you will, subscribe and follow. That helps us to uh, reach more people. So the more that you can share and, and encourage others to subscribe, we would really appreciate that so much. I keep saying we because it takes a few people to help me produce the magazine and keep this organization going. One person could not begin to do it all. So I have great help from um, the people that help me with the magazine. And um, especially I want to give a shout out to Jeremy Boyd, Brienne Nardecchia, J.R. Long, <coughs> Katie Wilson. Those guys have had my back and have helped in every way that they could to grow the Inter International Women's Motorsports Association. And so I want to give them a shout out. And then um, the September issue of the magazine is out. If you'd like to receive our magazines, all you have to do is send me your email address either to iwmanation at gmail.com that's iwmanation at gmail.com, or you can find me on Facebook, Melinda Russell, or you can find our International Women's Motorsports Association page on Facebook as well. We'd love to send you a copy of the magazine. So that's the podcast today. Like I said, I want to share some stories with you, and I'm going to close with this. When I was a little girl, my dad was a farmer. And he farmed in the rich black dirt bottom land of the Mississippi River. And you couldn't always see the river from where we lived, five miles as the crow flied. But often when the river got high, you could. And the rich black soil that my dad was able to farm was because of the river and the area that we lived in. I can remember... Every, every day at noon, he would listen to the radio to a guy who would tell stories and share wisdom and was very well known. And at the end of the store, end of his radio show, he would say, and that's the rest of the story. I loved Paul Harvey, even as a little girl. I listened to him even many years later. And I'm not Paul Harvey but I do have the rest of the story. It's not just about getting in your car and driving around the track. It's not about the concession stand lady serving up 100 hot dogs. It's the rest of the story. It's why do they love motorsports? How did they get interested? What are their goals and dreams for the future? That's what I want to be able to tell. So from a little girl growing up in West Central Illinois who listened to a radio show to now a mama of 13 who's sharing stories of motorsports. I just want to thank you for listening and I'll talk to you next week. <music>